The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. What's good, y'all? It's your boy Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. Subscribe and tune in each week to hear me and a special guest discuss the latest in the NBA, the way you want to hear it, with the topics that you want to hear. Keep it locked. I don't know if you can say F Brooklyn and then come into Brooklyn, so we're about to see what it's like. Talk about it! You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Family, family, welcome, welcome to Above the Rim, episode 59, brought to you by your host, as always, Justin, aka Just Blaze, no special guest this week, your boy's here solo, taking a week off from the guests, I had to talk to the people, I had to talk to y'all, to the family, I had to hear my voice for a whole episode, so I'm gonna give you a short little snippet episode you know uh talking about the nba finals this week and uh i wanted to i got a little special treat for you guys this episode so yeah so family you can find above the rim on itunes stitcher google play every tuesday make sure you give above the rim that five star rating on itunes to get in contact with me or the show you can follow me on twitter at justblaze underscore 513 that's j-u-s-b-l-a-z-e underscore 513 Follow me on IG at JustBlaze513. Also follow the Above the Rim Facebook page as well. Make sure you go follow those pages, man. If you got any feedback, family, I need some feedback for you. My man BTG is always calling in. My man Damo will be calling. Everybody to be leaving in voicemails. I need the family to start leaving in some more voicemails. I appreciate the feedback. That number is 908-718-1592. And before we get into this episode... I wanted to take some time out to say thank you. Thank you for all of you who routinely listen to your boy talk shit week after week. I truly appreciate the support, the dedication, and most importantly, the loyalty. I mean, my my man Jar was on the episode last week, and um, he called me polarizing. I had to, I had to laugh. <laughs> I had to laugh, and maybe I am. Who knows? And uh, so keeping on with the trend of episodes this week, we had spicy season. We had exposure season. Then we had emotional season. We had therapy season. Salty season. Last week was conspiracy season. 
And finally, to conclude the seasons, it's nostalgia season. So what I wanted to do throughout the episode, I wanted to take you all on a ride with me this episode. Do some of my personal favorite NBA Finals moments. I wanted to relive them all and I wanted the family to relive it with me, man. I mean, I'm sure of you guys, a lot of you have your favorite NBA Finals moments. And, you know, uh, some of these may overlap. Probably a lot of these are the same maybe that you like. But we're going to relive each one of them through this episode. And um, and make sure y'all go out and go send me your finals moments after. And um, so I'm going to take you back to 1987 real quick. NBA Finals, Lakers Celtics, Magic Johnson, Skyhook. Game four, sinking the Boston Celtics in, t- in the garden. Let's relive it. You always had somebody in life that you want to be and you want to compete against. And Larry Bird is the guy. When the pressure get tight, there are only a few players that want the basketball, and Magic wants the ball. In the game's final moments, Johnson would find himself not only with the ball, but also with the chance to put an end to the decade's most compelling rivalry. To the left goes Magic. He's got it. He didn't shoot it. Five seconds left. Magic down the middle, just what I thought. A hook shot at 12. Good! Matt, Magic Johnson. Incredible. Hit that incredible shot over the Celtics team. Over three defenders. Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Robert Parrish. That would propel the Lakers and Magic Johnson to their fourth title in eight years. That was one of the greatest moments in NBA Finals history. That was one of my favorite moments. Top five for me. One of my favorite Finals moments. And another one. And I'm sure this is plenty of you guys' favorites. Flu game. How can you go wrong with the flu game? Game five. Utah. Jordan put together one of the most epic performances in NBA Finals history. He looked exhausted through the game. He was still focused on finish with 38, 7, and 5. And at the game winner, come on now. Got to give that man some love, 1997. You get the idea he's having difficulty just standing up. Oh, well, he's playing. He's unbelievable. But as soon as there's a stoppage in play, he's coming over to the bench for a timeout. He's just like, oh, and he drops. The game tied at 85. I was really tired, I was very weak, somehow I found the energy, just stayed strong. I wanted it really bad. We had a hunger in that man, the desire in that man. Oh, that was greatness. He is the GOAT. Sorry, LeBron. LeBron James. You're not there yet, my brother. I know there's a lot of GOAT talk between MJ and LeBron right now, but I'm not having it. Not yet, LeBron. LeBron's numbers are excellent. Phenomenal. Longevity is off the charts. But I can't give him the GOAT status. Not yet. And I don't think I can give it to him. 
that finals record, it, it, he does have to be held accountable. And Michael Jordan, to me, is just a better player. That's just my opinion. I, I can't. I can't do it. That man is the GOAT flu game. It just... LeBron needs a flu game. Maybe, maybe we could get a maybe we could get a cramp game. You're so disrespectful. <laughs> Can we get a cramp game from LeBron? Maybe. Can we? Can we get one of those? Maybe. Maybe. And um, speaking of LeBron, we know what's going on right now. It's the NBA Finals for the third straight year. The Warriors will head to Cleveland with a 2-0 lead in the NBA Finals after a 122-103 win in Game Two on Sunday in Oakland. The Warriors reestablished their mojo in game two. They were sharing the ball, led to easy baskets. They were being far more engaged on a defensive end in game two as opposed to game one. You know, my man, the king, LBJ, he, he had another routine, efficient night, you know, couldn't, but couldn't score with the volume that he did in game one. He finished with 29, 9, and 13. You know, that was light work for LeBron. That was a routine night for LeBron. But once again, he just didn't get enough support from his supporting cast. Not at all. J.R. Smith didn't come to play as usual. Kevin Love had a few empty stats. I believe he had, what, uh, 20 and maybe uh, 13. George Hill was typical mediocre. You know, John Clarkson was a no-show. I mean, we're used to this right now from the Cleveland supporting cast. We're used to this. And with that being said, I'm not going to lie. The aura and the interest right now, this NBA Finals, for me, at least, it's not there. It's not there. I mean, right now, I feel like people don't care right now as much about actual basketballs ain't much in the years past. Of course, I'm assuming this is all due to the, the lopsided nature of the series. Golden State having such a large disparity over Cleveland. You know, the Vegas odds were, I think, the highest in... NBA history or something like that. Ridiculous. But I mean, the intrigue is not there. I'm intrigued with LeBron to see if he can pull it off. But it's, it seems like a long shot for everyone. A lot of people feel like it's a long shot. I don't think a lot of people are believing the Cavs are going to legitimately win this series out of blind Cleveland fans, bronze sexuals, and LeBron himself. I don't even think half of the team even thinks they can win this series. It's looking that bad. They look dejected during this series they well these are the first two games because mind you they could go home and flip the switch because we know these role players they can do that it's definitely possible so let me uh let me hold off by the time this episode comes out it's uh two games in so game three is i believe on wednesday night so i believe the cavaliers will win game three i believe they're gonna lose game four golden state is gonna uh try to close it out in five but you never know i'm hoping for a Cavs win but let's break this down anyway. Some stats. Look look how crazy this stat is that I found about LeBron. It's staggering. So we all know LeBron James played 15 seasons in the NBA. This is his 15th year. And he's going to nine finals over a 15-year span. That's over 60% of your career he's been in the finals. That's phenomenal longevity. You, you got to give that man some applause. You got to give that man some praise for just sustained excellence, right? And just look at this, just just put that into perspective. Look at some of the other all-time greats, most, most consecutive finals appearances. It's not even close to LeBron. MJ, the GOAT, three consecutive finals appearances. Magic had four. Kareem had four. Bird had four. Kobe had three. 
Shaq had three. LeBron, eight. Eight consecutive trips to the finals. You got to give that man love. As much as I know LeBron is polarizing in himself, he has a, a lot of fans. They love to kill each other. They fight with each other about LeBron's stats and things like that. But under all of that, you just have to appreciate that man's greatness at times. And the last time I saw a stat also, the last time LeBron wasn't in the finals, 78% of the current NBA players haven't made their NBA debut. That's crazy. That's really crazy. And um, so digging into this finals, I wanted to discuss my takeaways from the series thus far. And um, first... I gotta give a fail. A fail to these short suits. These little short suits that LeBron is pulling off. He must be getting dressed. He must be getting dressed blindly. Shorts, short suits are never a good look, LeBron. I'm not gonna lie to you. I know you're trying to transcend, but damn. I know Savannah didn't okay this. But I can't hate on it too much because it did create one of the uh, one of the best gifts of all time with him uh, walking out of the press conference with his uh, his well, auntie LeBron was walking out the press conference with his purse, his uh, uh forty thousand dollar purse I think he had. Classic man. Um, Jr's blunder. <sighs> a major fail. Jr. I know a lot of people are getting on Jr right now and. I was a little bit harsh on JR at first, but then I sat back and thought about it. I'm not even as mad at JR because I'm not that I not that I've come to expect these kind of blunders from JR. It's more so about everything else that happens surrounding the botched play that JR did with running out to the three-point line rather than going up. First of all, why are we not upset at George Hill? George Hill was shaking in his boots to miss those free throws. The man looked like he was about to shit himself when he was on the line. I'm telling you, I had zero confidence in him to make those free throws. I, I, honestly, I thought he was going to miss both. I mean, seriously. Right? Second off, J.R. Smith actually made a miraculous play and actually got an offensive rebound. You got to give him credit for actually getting the offensive rebound. And guess who he got it on? KD. KD wasn't boxing out his man and allowed J.R. Smith, a shooting guard, to get an offensive rebound in a finals game under 10 seconds left. KD should never be allowed, so we should be slandering KD for that. Number three, Ty Lue. He knew that he knew that the Cavs had one timeout left. I know I know, I know a lot of uh, a lot of you guys saw the video of LeBron, how hurt he was after Ty Lue came back into the huddle. And he told him that they had an extra timeout. LeBron was just like, oh, man. He was hurt. And I was feeling him. That was a blunder. JR, can't do that, man. Can't do that. I mean, I, it got me thinking, who's dumber right now? JR Smith or JaVale McGee? You JR Smith or JaVale McGee? Who is it? Jesus. And, um... JR's blunder actually saved KD from a whole lot of criticism, man. A whole lot of criticism. That would have been bad enough. But JR, he made a mistake. That was very dumb. He could have just went back up. But who's to, who's to say that he actually would have made that shot? You don't know. He could have been nervous. JR was already shook as it is. 
If he wasn't shook in the first place, then he would have never ran past the three-point line. So you got to think about that as well. And um, also, I got to give a round of applause to my man TTK, Tristan Thompson Kardashian, and his play this series. <laughs> I said on Twitter the other night that um, low-key, he was the one of the most important Cavs other than LeBron. I think he's more important than Kevin Love right now. I think he's more important than George Hill. And that's saying a lot. And pff, it's saying a, a lot of negative things about that. Because you have if you have to rely on Tristan Thompson, that's saying a lot about the rest of your roster. And that's saying a lot about what I think about LeBron supporting Cavs. But, but let me break it down to you this way. I have to give it a lot of love to him because he's bringing a lot of passion and he's bringing a lot of energy to the series. He's bringing some fight in the series. You got to give him credit for that. He, the mushing of Draymond at the end of the game, that was a classic move. And it, it and he um also at the end of game two, he, he got a little upset at the reporters and everything like that for his post-game comments. Those idiotic reporters, I should say. They asked him a dumb question about Steph Curry, about him being helpless when he's gone, Steph Curry, and, and, and TTK wasn't having it. So I got to give him some love. Let's hear it. No. Fuck. No. We did a good job. I mean, I'm switching on, I'm guarding, so I am never helpless with no guy in the NBA. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> and TTK walked off. The post game, the, not the presser, but he was out there in the locker room, I guess, in the hallway talking to these guys. He was pissed off. I mean, what what kind of question is that? Come on, reporter. Shame, shame on you. You're going to ask a grown-ass man about Steph Curry. Does he feel hopeless or helpless or whatever he nonsense he said about guarding Steph Curry? What do you expect a man to say? Oh, I can't guard him. Come on, man. You, 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 come on. You questioning that man a little too much now. These idiotic reporters, man, they're always reaching for a story. So I felt I felt TTK on that. So I had to give him some love. And he's he's one of the few Cavs. I call the rest of the Cav- Cavaliers supporting Cavs. They're a little soft. S-A-W-F-T. They're a little soft. Shout out to my man Odin as well. He had an episode I was on there. Make sure you go check out his show. Uh, he called it soft. Because uh, the rest of the Cavs players, I see no fight in them. I see a little bit from JR. But he's now he's hurt. Now he's crying for the rest of the series. So you can't really count on him. He's emotional. TTK, I like the energy that he's bringing, man. So now let's get into some basketball in this series. What I have been impressed with, though, with the Cleveland Cavaliers during this series is that they've done a great job of weathering those storm, those third-quarter runs from Golden State. We all know they're lethal. We all know that's their MO. That's what they do best. They go on these third-quarter avalanches where they blitz you. You have a barrage of threes from Steph Curry, from Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson. They go crazy. And that's what they do with third quarters, especially in the Oracle. We know this to expect them. But the Cavaliers, especially in these finals, have done a great job of having answers, counter punches during these third quarters in both games. And they have been in the game in the fourth quarter in games one and game two. They were in both games. Game two, they didn't even blow it out until midway through the fourth when Steph Curry went on his run. But the Cavs... We all know what their real problem is. The supporting Cavs. They're just too up and down to win a series right now, man. But the Cavs, they've been in they've been in both games thus far, as I alluded to before. And aside from that last run in the fourth quarter of game two, 
the, su- the supporting cast, they're coming and going. This, they'll hit one three here. Kevin Love will get a couple of empty stabs here and there. But my main issue with the supporting cast is their body language. And I'm big on body language, man. And I, I see the calves, the way they carry themselves. And I'm not, I'm, I don't like it. They break down emotionally too easily when things aren't going their way, especially in the Oracle. I mean, I hate to say this, but one man does really affect the mood of the entire team. And we know who, what man that is. It's LeBron James. I mean, I talked about this with my man, Jay Olden. Um, is that, um, I was saying that LeBron's teammates, it really does intimidate. He really does intimidate his teammates in a negative way. And, you know, this points during the game where he low-key kind of scolds his teammates when they don't carry out what he expects from them. And then when they do what he acts, it's like they get a Scooby snack. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'll be on the <laughs> it's like it's like he gives them a Scooby snack and, and and say good job. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of that dynamic on on a team full of grown men. So I I really don't like that, and I think it affects the Cavs supporting Cavs in a negative way. And speaking of the supporting Cavs, JC, John Clarkson, Jaws boy, Baylor's boy, they told me those Laker fans, they told me that John Clarkson had some game. They told me that. They lied to my face. I don't know what's going on with Jordan Clarkson right now. He looks lost. He looks horrible in this series. It's amazing how bad Jordan Clarkson has looked once he started playing in some meaningful games. Some some games with some significance to him. He's averaging three points on 23% shoot. It's pathetic. Free Rodney Hood. Free Hood. Listen, Talu, Talu, Talu. We always talk about his horrible rotations, and this series is no different. He's back at it again. I mean, he's got to cut the the BS, the loyalty out, and play some of these guys off the bench, man. They got to get production from everyone. They It has to be a collective effort. Rodney Hood, he has to get some minutes. He has to get some time. This guy averaged 16 points in 27 minutes this year with the Utah Jazz. 16 points in 27 minutes for the Jazz this season. So that tells me the man can at least score the ball. I mean, you mean to tell me he can't he can't get a bucket on on Looney? On Kevon Looney? On Jordan Bell? On, on Clumsy Javel? Come on now. Rodney Hood, he could get a bucket on him. Give him a shot, Tyloo. Give him, give him an opportunity, man. And speaking of Rodney Hood, I know he, he looks like he's sulking there on the bench. I'm screaming free hood, and we'll be I know um we've been hearing a lot about a Rodney Hood, and he admits to struggling with the gravity of playing with LeBron James. And um, J.R. Smith also talked about it, talked about how this being a blessing and a curse playing with LeBron James. But, I mean, let's get real. You guys are all grown at the end of the day. You got to produce at the end of the day. You have to produce. I mean, playing with LeBron James is not like playing with other stars. We know this. You get, I mean, what's... What's the measuring stick? You get an opportunity to play with one of the all-time greats, but the scrutiny and, and the blame that comes with it, they're at extreme measures. But you know how you avoid that scrutiny? You play ball. You play well. Hit your shots. Play solid defense. Give energy. Hustle. Play your role. Come on, man. I mean, to me, that's the ultimate way to test a man's character, to put them in an uncomfortable situation where they have to sacrifice. Some can adapt and some will falter. I mean, it's easy. To me, it's easy playing for a losing team and there's no, when there's no pressure, it's easy to put up stats, empty stats, and 
non-meaningful games. So these guys got to perform. No way to slice it. This, this, there's no excuse. There's no excuse at all. And and the Cavaliers' numbers are ridiculous. Ridiculous through two games. Ridiculous, I'm telling you. LeBron right now is averaging 40 points, 8 rebounds, and 10 assists through two games. 40 points, 8 rebounds, and 10 assists. Kevin Love's averaging 21 and 11, but an empty 21 and 11. But he played fairly decent. George Hill, what is he giving you? 11 points right now. J.R. Smith giving you 7. Jeff Green giving you 6. Jordan Clarkson, I said before, giving you 3. Come on, Rodney Hood is giving you 1 because he can't even get off the bench. Give me a break, Tyloo. Give, give these young boys some minutes. Give Rodney Hood some minutes. Let me see what he can do. Let me see what he can produce. And um, also on the lowest of keys, the rest were a little sus, too. Also, a coldest conspiracy season last week. I'm going to say it's a conspiracy, but those refs were a little sus. I'm just saying. You know it's bad when current players, former players, and respected media guys are, are talking about the officiating throughout the game. You know it's, it's, it's definitely an issue when that happens. I mean, if, if you look at the technicals, Draymond Green, I mean, what does the man have to do to get a technical? Good Lord. He's yelling at the refs every play. He's yelling for every foul. He yells at him and he he, he doesn't get a T anymore. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. But hey, so let's talk about what the Cavs need to do in order to, I don't know if I can say win this series or try to win this series. What adjustments do they need to make? And I think they can make a few adjustments. They could play a lot better because, like I said, they have been in each game for majority of the game. So they have done a decent job. And uh, the first adjustment they could make Leave Draymond open. I said it on my episode um, with uh, with my man CL, with Chris Lehman from the Brothers Lehman. Listen, leave Draymond open. His three-point percentage is ridiculously bad. Right now, let me see. I got the stats in front of me. Draymond Green, he's shooting 28% from three-point range. 28% from three-point range. That man has no confidence in his jump shot. Leave him open. When I say leave him open, I mean leave him open two three feet behind the line keep an extra body next to Steph on those rolls on those back cuts every time Steph Curry gets the ball runs to the three-point line he kicks it out to Draymond Draymond is never looking to shoot Steph Curry resets he makes a back cut and he comes back and gets the ball again and shoots a three Draymond is not looking to shoot leave him open use that extra defender use a half defender to Keep an extra hand around Steph. And, you know, Golden State's their Achilles heel is turnovers. We all know this. They were eighth in the league in turnovers in the regular season. You got to be a little bit more physical with these guys at the point of attack, man. I mean, the only way you can, only way to get Golden State rattled is to be physical and to get them into foul trouble. Bait them into, those, bait them into foul trouble. Also, you got to take advantage of those switches, man. The main problem that Cleveland doesn't have. They don't have the personnel to take advantage of the switches the way that Houston was doing last series in the West Finals. But what I think they should do is they should start doing switches with maybe with K-Love, maybe with George Hill so that Love can be matched up with with Steph in the post. Kevin Love should be able to body Steph in the post. He should be able to get him into foul trouble. Steph is going to start overcompensating for that defense or his lack of strength lack of physical strength against K-Love, and he's going to start fouling him. And you got to do it early. You got to do it often. That's the only way. You got to do it, man. And uh, the Warriors, their magic number this postseason is 25. 
25 in assists. When they get 25 or more in assists, they're perfect 12 and 0. So they have to cut down the Golden State Warriors ball movement, which is limiting their ball movement and they're passing by deflecting those backdoor cuts the same way that Houston was doing. They they didn't allow Golden State to get those 25, 30 assist games. And when they when they're getting 25, 30 assists, there's no way you can beat that team. There's no way. That means they're moving the ball, they're sharing the ball, they're shooting threes, and they're hitting them. So you can't. And I'm not going to lie. I can't believe I'm saying this, but TTK, he's extremely important for this Cavs team, man. His energy, his hustle he brings to the team is infectious, I feel, for the Cavaliers. It really rubs off on the rest of his teammates. And like I said before, he's bringing the fight, man. He's he's not scared of Golden State. He's, he's playing hard. I see him out there. He's playing hard. I got to give him some love. What I think another adjustment that they can make is just being home. I think the role players will perform better at home. J.R. Smith will play a lot better. Kyle Corver will play a lot better. I mean, and there's still no evidence at all that Golden State knows how to stop LeBron. Because they don't. <clears throat> they have no answer for LeBron at all. At all. And also, for the record, can we just stop this notion that... um. Kevin Durant's move, Kevin Durant's weak move to Golden State was the same as LeBron to Miami. It's not the same. LeBron didn't join a 73-9 win team. LeBron's, LeBron's team in Miami was built a lot more, I wouldn't say organically, but it was built through a friendship slash partnership slash team up. But it was more of an organic team up. You know, they, there was differences between Wade, Bosh, and... LeBron, they all, all three of them had to sacrifice in order to win. You know, maybe LeBron had to sacrifice a little bit less more than others, others, but that's more of a testament to his greatness. That whatever franchise, whatever franchise he goes to, that they, they got, they have to adapt because he's so impactful in the game on both sides of the ball, and they actually had to learn how to win together on that Miami team. Even though Wade had a trip already, chip already, it was different with LeBron. It's different. LeBron went to a forty-seven win team. I left guys like Mo Williams, J.J. Hickson. Come on now. KD, on the other hand, took the cheap route, left a bona fide star on Russ, Russell Westbrook, to hop on an already oiled machine in Golden State that had its own foundation. They had an MVP already. So basically, the second best player in the league went on to join the best team in the league. Come on now. So that's why it's different. It's not the same. KD didn't have to sacrifice anything. He just had to assimilate into their already well-oiled machine. So it's different. Stop the nonsense. Stop the nonsense. It's disrespectful. So Stop the nonsense. Yeah, so this uh, NBA Finals. I don't know, man. It's a little... It's, it's a little... In- I don't know what the Cavs can do to win this series. I have Golden State winning in five. I still think they're, they're going to win in five. But we'll see, man. I'm rooting for LeBron. We'll see. I'm hoping LeBron, his greatness, can pull it out. Hopefully. I would like a seven-game series. I would like it. So back to some more of my favorite NBA Finals moments. I know this is a favorite for a lot of you out there. I mean, this is one of my all-time favorites. Top three from Gotta Be. Let me set the scene. 2001 NBA Finals. The answer. 
AI. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Mm, we he nails a clinching jumper. Steps over. Ty Lu. Game one. Los Angeles Lakers is 48 point performance. Opened up the 2001 finals is one of the all-time greatest performances. Uh, in just NBA history, man, it was, it, it was, uh, it, I mean, sadly that it was the only game that Iverson won, whatever win in that series, but they were the only team, the 76ers, to beat the Los Angeles Lakers in that, in that playoffs, and it was phenomenal, so let's, let's go back to 2001. The battle is about to begin. The consummate David is ready to challenge the ultimate Goliath. Allen Iverson, what he lacks in size, he more than makes up with in heart. And MVP season is proof of that. Just ask him, he'll tell you. Shaquille O'Neal, the warrior, power personified, striving to lead the Lakers to another NBA title. Who thinks they can stop this imposing force? For five seasons, Iverson has answered the challenge numerous times. But will this test be too daunting? Only his spirit can raise him to ultimate glory. But Shaq is not about to relinquish his grasp on basketball's greatest prize. David. Goliath. Only one will be NBA champion. Let's shoot the ball. The 19 game winning streak by the Lakers. No one expected that to happen. You were hot early. You cooled off because of the defense from Tyrone Lue. How did you get it back? It was holding me the whole time. And uh, once he got on me, you know. He was holding me the whole time. You have to give my man AI some love, man. You see how they tried to spin it, David and Goliath. Man, he took on that Lakers team all on his own with bums like Harry McKee. Eric Snow, you had the Kembe in there. I believe Matt Geiger was there as well, getting worked. Matt Geiger was getting worked. Turn out we call that barbecue chicken. That was always barbecue chicken on the post against for Shaq. Against for Shaq. Man, ridiculous, man. That, that was one of my favorite, favorite finals moments. And the step over with Ty Lue, what's better than that? Let me set another scene. 2013 NBA Finals. Y'all know what it is. My boy. Jesus Shuttlesworth, baseline three-pointer, tie up the game. Game six versus the Spurs, the center to OT. One of the most clutch shots of all time. Got to give that man some love. Three-point game. You know, with 20-plus seconds to go and us being down, you know, the human nature of doubt starts to creep into your mind. No timeouts left, so Miami needs a good three. They've got time to set it up. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go! Rebound, Bosh! I say get to that three-point line. Somehow, some way, get there. Ray Allen, a three from the corner! Every kid dreams about hitting the shot where you bring the crowd to their feet. Back to Allen, the long shot. You know, we've been down in situations. We've come back and we won games. You know, when you win championships, it, it involves a little luck. That right there was luck shining on our side. Man. 
my one of my top three favorite players of all time, my man Jesus Shuttleworth. One of the craziest three-pointers of all time. A lot of people say he saved LeBron's career, saved his legacy. Who knows? <laughs> That's what my uh, Skip Baylor says, I tell you. But um, I just want to live in that 2013, one of the greatest shots, greatest final shots of all time. One of the greatest shots, period, of all time, man. It was one of my favorite finals moments. And um, last but not least... Ah, I'm going to take you back to 1998, NBA Finals. Byron Russell's death. MJ's late steal. Clutch jumper seals the title in Game 6. The shot that, for me, cemented this man as the greatest of all time. The most clutch shot of all time in NBA history. MJ. Byron Russell. The last shot. Out front to the man, Michael Jordan. Jordan up top, fake left, go right. He's there, lay it up, score it easily. Wow. Stockton inside of Carmelo, they double it. Jordan knocks it away from him. Jordan's got it. The Bulls can win it right here. The Bulls can win it. Unbelievable. 16 seconds left, Bulls down one. Michael against Russell, 12 seconds. 11, 10, Jordan, Jordan a drive, hangs, fires, yes! He scores! The Bulls lead 87-86 with five and two tenths left. And now they're one stop away. Oh my goodness. Russell comes in to Stockton. Stockton four seconds. Stockton a three up out front. I tell you, man, MJ, last shot. Kill Byron Russell on a shot. That was, to me, was my favorite finals moment. I'm sure it's a lot of people's favorite finals moment. But also, really quick, before I get on out of here, man, um, 1970 NBA Finals, Willis Reed, Game 7, came back out, title clincher against the Lakers. 1988, man, that finals, Isaiah Thomas, he scored 25 in the third quarter, Game 6 on his injured ankle. He ended the game with 43, man, but uh, unfortunately, the Pistons lost that series. But Isaiah Thomas is one of my favorite players as well. And um, 2008, my man Jesus Shuttlesworth won his first title with the Celtics, man. Now, that, that always gives a special place to me. And also, I got to give some love to my man LeBron, man. I mean, 2016, coming back down from 3-1, chase down block in Game 7, Kyrie's game winning 3. That was big time. That was big time, man. To, to take the championship from the 7-3 and 9-win team, you got to give my man some love. That was a uh, a crazy feat, man. So, uh, family, make sure you go out there. Send me your favorite NBA Finals moments. I'm sure some of these will be the same. Some Maybe you guys got some different. I know Tim Duncan had a few. Kobe had a nice one, I believe, in the year 2000 against the Pacers. I mean, there were some great moments, man. Some great, great moments. Family, before we get on out of here, I want to thank y'all for tuning in each and every week. I appreciate y'all. Feedback y'all been sending in. It's been dope. Uh, make sure you tune in to Above the Rim each and every week. Um, I believe starting in the summer, I might change the day to Wednesdays. Yeah, it might be a little better. You know, I like to keep you guys in the loop on anything new. 
It's a lot of big things coming up for the summer for the show. I'm start getting some merch soon. And um, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be dope. Make sure you're on the lookout for some new things for above the rim, especially next season as well. And um, this summer's gonna get sticky, man. I'm gonna throw a little above the rim party as well. You know, it's for the family. It's all for the family, man. Make sure y'all calling in and leave those voicemails as well. If you don't, if you don't, if you missed that number, it's nine zero eight seven one eight one five nine two. Make sure you're gonna follow me on Twitter at justblaze underscore five one three. IG is just blaze five one three as well. And um, talk about it. Y'all know how we do, family. You know how we do. It's above the rip, episode fifty nine. Appreciate y'all, and we out. say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more pain. Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.